This is the Macworld Podcast, episode 552, for March 29th, 2017. I'm Glenn Fleischman, a senior contributor at Macworld, and we have, you know, a little news this week, a lot of little bits and pieces, and uh, joining me this week is not your stalwart, Susie Oaks, who is off doing a thing called, I've heard about this, a vacation, but instead, Leah Yamshan, the associate managing editor at Macworld. Hello, Leah. Hello, Glenn. How's it going? It's going great. I'm glad that Susie is out, you know, enjoying the snow up in Tahoe. Oh, and that sounds great. It should be beautiful up there right now. You guys have a snowpack this year. We do. We have quite the snowpack. The season has been great, and, you know, it's great for our water source and all of all of that. So it seems like we're back on track. <laughs> I, could, I could eat almonds without feeling as bad about it for a little while. Correct. You can shower, <laughs> like, a little longer, too. Well, maybe not you up in Washington, but we can That's shower right. for, like— you know, a couple more minutes longer without having to feel bad. So it's it's nice. It's That's a good great. feeling. <laughs> a, a plus rain year is really really nice. So there's downsides too, but uh, uh, well, we'll do some. Let's do some follow up um, on some stories in the past weeks uh, before we get into the news about uh, the big news is uh, iOS and macOS updates are out, and we'll talk about those. But um, I want to follow up on a few things. Uh, one is uh, Apple put out its sustainability report and uh, supplier sustainability report, which is a thing it started doing a few years ago after complaints by Greenpeace and other organizations that they weren't transparent enough about where they got their stuff. And um, Leah, I always had this issue. I was, I was walking down the street once with Jeff Carlson, who's a longtime Macworld contributor, Mac writer too, and Greenpeace was some uh, you know people with uh, uh, canvassing Greenpeace were like, do you know what Apple does? And we're like, yes. Yes, we do. And I'm like, do you know what HP does? Mm-hmm. Do you know what Compact does? Do you know it? So Apple, I always felt they were getting dinged for – not reporting and not making commitments, but saying they were working on it where HP and other companies, Dell and so forth, would not release anything, but they'd make promises. And Greenpeace would rate the promises of what were going to happen above Apple not saying anything. And I always thought it was very weird. Yeah, that is a little weird. You know, promise is just words. But when we get these uh, sustainability reports out from Apple and we see how they've made changes and uh, like which suppliers they're not working with anymore. You know, it seems a bit more credible than just these empty promises. Yeah, they've been working, uh, I think, in varying ways with third parties that help them confirm this. They're not all out there in the field, but they also I think this has always been the issue. A lot of companies uh, like to do uh, arm's length transactions. So um, and especially, uh, you know, I've, I've read a lot about manufacturing in China and talked to folks who've had stuff made there. And there's this uh, very much um, – there can be a, like several uh, supplier relationships. So you work with the supplier and the supplier may say they do it all themselves, but they still contract with other parties. They don't think of it or describe it, describe it in that way. Those parties may contract with other parties and so on down to like little shops of one and two people doing piecework. And um, it just depends on the scale. If you're Apple, you can potentially prevent that from happening and only work with suppliers who can do the work in-house. Um, but So Apple said uh, – the report is very good. It said they uh, only had 98% compliance with a 60-hour maximum work week, which is pretty amazing. They removed yeah. three suppliers. Um, but the big one is uh, – this is why it's follow-up – is uh, they removed suppliers who were using uh, conflict minerals. Um, and uh, I know we followed it at Macworld for a while. It's a big issue about conflict zones where um, the mining and sale of minerals are used to fund – essentially to fund – uh, warfare, but also the people who are mining are being abused. They're not being mm-hmm. paid. They're being used as slaves or paid starvation wages or in terrible conditions. Sometimes children are being sent to mines. So um, Apple is one of the companies that has been trying after a lot of, I think, outside pressure to t- 
take responsibility for it. Like, well, we don't know where that tungsten came from. It's like, well, you should find out because it's it's not good. Um, but we talked about how they'd added uh, – recently had added – what was the mineral? Um, the gold, tungsten, tantalum, and tin are on the list, but they uh, they just added a new one, and I'm forgetting which one, um, uh, recently, and that's in the report too. So they're going to be uh, working harder to get that out of the supply chain. Oh, I think it's uh, – is it cobalt? Cobalt, that's it. Yeah, because that's tied to um, – uh, Oh, I'm forgetting the name of the country. It's terrible. But it's in Africa. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> I know someone who adopted a child out of that area. So uh, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, but so this is uh, – it's good. I'm hoping that uh, – I mean other companies have followed suit on this as well. But uh, it's um, – you know, we're still destroying the earth to make phones. But um, maybe not abusing people along the way. It's a good thing. Yes. <laughs> Problem with technology. Um Recycling. I'm still waiting for better electronics recycling. There's there's a, more of it these days, but there's some expectation that at some point in the future, like everything we ever threw out will be valuable and they'll run it through um, bacterial processing and like extract all the gold and other minerals and be able to reuse it. So um, some point in the future, not science fiction, we might be able to actually get some benefit at all the stuff that was extracted out of the earth before. It'd be nice. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, otherwise it's sitting in big piles somewhere. Um, right. Uh, another follow-up uh, we talked about in previous weeks was uh, WikiLeaks had released these caches of um, what they said were CIA uh, hacking materials, and they released another cache. But the uh, general consensus is that the information that cache or the, the cracks are out of date. Um, but interesting part is that um, something that uh, there was a researcher who had looked into uh, created a thing called Thunderstrike and some other attacks that were based on um, – improper securing of Thunderbolt. So you could plug a device into Thunderbolt and bypass some system protections uh, and, you know, uh, escalate privileges and so forth. And um, so the CIA apparently had weaponized that into a, into a system it required physical access to, um, to a device. So you had to actually, you know, get your hands on a computer. Um, but it's a uh, uh, very interesting that they, uh, very interesting that they, um, found this wasn't just a theoretical thing because uh, when it was discussed and then Apple fixed some of these things uh, in the last couple of years, uh, it was seen as like, well, this is really obscure. Someone could do it, but would they? And it's like, yep, somebody <laughs> somebody knew how to do that. And uh, there you go. Uh, we'd also talk about WikiLeaks was going to share, I think we mentioned this last week, even WikiLeaks was talking about sharing the code in advance of release with the companies that were affected and then uh, but demanded terms that aren't entirely clear, and the companies apparently have all said, meh. So Apple's statement was something like, well, you know, they can use the standard procedure to reach us with security issues, but we don't strike deals, we don't deal with stolen information directly, and blah, blah, blah. So, Right. I wonder if, you know, part of that attitude is because the, the cash and the info that they seem to have is all older information that has kind of been resolved in a way. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, so we'll see what what uh, doesn't seem like anything really is going to develop develop there, which is good, which is good with WikiLeaks. Um, and then the uh, another fo- last bit of follow up. Uh, Susie was talking uh, recently about the Beats X headphones being out and reviewing them, and she had them and uh, reviewed them. Thought they were great. And uh, when she's back, we'll talk a little more in detail. But you can read her review at MacWorld.com. Uh, do you get a chance to to see these things? Yeah, um, I've tested them out too a little bit, and they—I think they're more comfortable than the AirPods, but they look goofier, which is saying something because the <laughs> AirPods also kind of look goofy. So, you know, take your pick. I—I I still kind of like something with a bit more support. The free 
platformness of the AirPods. Um, I'm just not quite there yet. I'm still worried I'm going to lose it, even now with the new Find My AirPods feature. So if I had to pick between the two, I'd probably go with the Beats. But oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, but they're they're two really nice options. Have you ever had that thing uh, done? Um, it can be both expensive or cheap. And sometimes I know uh, some companies have done like tests and with reporters for uh, for testing where you get the uh, molded in ear uh, headphone doohickey or ear bod thing. No, but that sounds so cool. <laughs> uh, I know it fit perfectly. I have some yeah. foam ones. I got a pair from uh, as like a swag bag thing back when. Conferences used to give out um, valuable things when you were a speaker. Oh. A pair of uh, Bose um, in-ear things Ooh. that were fantastic, and I think they were hundreds of dollars if I purchased them. That is them. really nice. They're outside of my budget. But then when they failed, they lasted for years and years, and they failed. I found a set that was much more modest from another company, and it was, I don't know, well under $100, $75. And they came with different size doohickeys. So I, st- I like the ones that block out all of their sounds. So yeah. I either want to use noise cancellation on the plane or I want to just have most of the sound blocked out. Um, so the stuff that fits in my ears loosely, I'm like, yeah, well, doesn't I can still hear other people. So, right. I don't run with my. Do you run with headphones? I don't. So I know that's a difference in terms of like wanting bleed through and hearing the outside world. I do. I do run with headphones, um, but I like have, being able to hear a bit of the outside world when I'm, you know, running on the street or around the park and stuff. Um, so I just have some like little cheapy earbuds for that just because, you know, I'm like sweating on them and stuff too. So <laughs> at some point I should invest in some nice like running more durable um, headphones. But um, yeah, but for now I just use these little cheap. I think they're like little Panasonic ones and they're fine. <laughs> it's good. That's the thing is you can get really nice headphones very or earbuds, earpods and earbuds and and uh, headphones really inexpensively now. It used to cost a fortune to get something that sounded halfway yeah. uh, decent. And now lots of options. Well, it's interesting. That, I mean, the market that they're into, like Beats X and the EarPods are both um, – they're not ridiculously expensive for being wireless uh, head uh, headphone or earbuds, rather. Um, they don't drop the price, I don't think. I mean, they're not like a revolutionary new low price. But um, it's it's much more in the affordable range for more people than I think previous generations. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm, definitely. They're kind of two nice options for like your entry-level Bluetooth headphones. Yeah, then you can just do the gateway drug and start spending thousands of dollars. On exactly. Audio gear. <laughs> That's what everybody wants. Um, let's see. So uh, big news this week, uh, which is uh, the new, it's, it's like big and small at the same time, is Apple shipped a uh, long-awaited uh, 10.3 update to iOS and also macOS 10.12.4 which is a lot smaller of an issue, but still, it's all in sync with it. And um, we're going to talk about, um, we've got articles up at Macworld.com going through the features that uh, you'll find in the new releases, so you can get more detail. We're going to talk about some of the more um, important ones today in case you miss them or you want to, an oral rundown, so you don't have to go and use those pesky words to see what's happening. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it seemed like, I mean, it's a big grab bag in 10.3, you know, um, centralized identity and settings is one thing. Uh, which I appreciate because I'm always – I mean they added – in uh, iOS settings, they added a um, search feature. I can't remember how many releases ago. Maybe two releases yeah. ago? Which yeah, that I th- sounds right. I think nobody knows about it because you have to swipe down to get the search box to appear. So unless you do it by accident and sort of discover it or someone tells you, uh, there's no presentation that searches there. So now they've consolidated a lot of identity information is now in a block at the top. It shows your logged in account. It shows your you know, avatar and you tap that, and then you can reach out to a number of different uh, things that you need to set, which a lot of those things, like, why didn't they do that before? Like, all right, I don't know. 
but now it's all in one place and it shows you, um, oh, you know, I hadn't tapped through it yet. I knew about the uh, settings. It shows you all of your associated um, devices too. So you're looking at kind of an overview of, uh, of your account. And now, Leah, I don't know if you wound up with this situation. I have an iCloud Apple ID and an, uh, a store Apple ID for historical reasons. Did you, do you still, do you, were you able to get one or do you have two? Oh, no, ones? I have mine. Mine are merged now. Oh. Yeah, I can't. I mean, Apple still won't let you. Uh, you know, I lo- I wound up with purchases in two places because I had the accounts for too long, basically. Right. Um, so this shows for the first time that I can remember. This shows I'm looking at the top, and it says you know my name, and it says iCloud, the correct uh, ID, and then store, and the correct ID is two separate things, and those emails are now repeated uh, in different sections also. So there's an iCloud section, an iTunes, and App Store section. Um, but it has the correct information for all of my linked accounts through my iCloud um, ID. So I'm seeing all of my computers in one place, right? Yeah, that's handy. That's I may a big have too change. Many, I may have too many pieces of equipment. I should sell no. some of no. this. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, how many iPhones do I have? Like, oh, that's one. All right. I've got four. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Three. I don't know. Sad. Um, but so I think that's great. I mean, this is the kind of things I deal with all the time with uh, email from the Mac 911 account. Um, people write in to right. Mac911 at macworld.com if you have questions. And people are always asking about uh, Apple ID and iCloud management and iOS because it's very confusing. It seems like a nice improvement mm-hmm. there. Uh, so, oh, so uh, another uh, Apple had uh, revamped how it's going to let developers deal with um, reviews in iOS. And this is the first release in which we see uh, that available. So developers can offer in-app reviews if they've updated their software. So you don't have to do it, make a round trip. A developer can say, hey, do you want to review it? And then a sheet comes up as opposed to taking you out of the app. Uh, there's a bunch of other rules we discussed recently, too. So developers will no longer be able to harangue you for reviews soon. Um, they'll only be able to ask a certain number of times. And there'll be a global switch. I don't know if that's now there, actually. That will let uh, users say they don't want to be... Um, bothered with any review notifications at all anymore. Um, and if it's in there, I don't know where it is at the moment. Maybe it's under iTunes store, but uh, I'm looking at settings now. Yeah, I don't see it yet, but maybe com- that's coming. Um, but uh, I don't know, Leah, have you been tired for a long time of all the uh, pop-ups and apps that are, I mean, sometimes they get several a day saying, hey, would you like to yeah. review this now? And the nature of what we do, I don't feel comfortable leaving app reviews, so I just have to say no every single time. And so many of the pop-ups, they happen in games, and they kind of (sighs) disrupt the gameplay, so that... you know, kind of takes you out of the experience a bit. But I, I understand that app reviewers, you know, the more positive feedback that they get, the higher their rating overall will be and the more they can reach um, new users. So I understand why they have this push to get more reviews and hopefully having this experience be in app will kind of take some of the burden and the pain points away from from the users, um, especially if we're only seeing this pop up like once a week per app instead of every day per app or, you know, every two hours per oh app or however often you're using it. How about you like the prompt that says, uh, no, but ask me later. And there's no like, no, don't ask me never. Yeah, exactly. Come it's on. like, no, ask me later. And then the tried and true <laughs> method of like, you know, thumbs that do you like our app? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up takes you to the app store. Thumbs down. Oh, please email us with what you don't like about our app instead of taking you to the app store. So I am not a big <sighs> fan of that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's good. I think, I mean, uh, 
app developers have wanted a better review system, and I think we're moving towards it. It's not everything, but uh, as this gets rolled out, it should help them because it's so easy. I think the big one that remains that hasn't been fixed is that uh, the average app review shown is only for the current version. So app developers still have to push to get a lot of people to review the current version because one bad review, even if they had a 4.9 average across all versions, one bad review in a latest release means they show a one-star review. Right. So, you know, or, or they have their scores three. So that's something that still has to change, but it sounds like Apple was actually listening, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, this was an oddball one, uh, frequently changed app icons. I saw that on the list. And before, if you wanted to uh, change the icon of your app, you had to, as a developer, submit a new app release. And now Apple will apparently allow pushing out new icons without an app release and being able to do it at will, like uh, changing screen captures for uh, the iTunes store has been that way for a bit. It used to be um, when I was running the magazine back a few years ago, uh, the the, uh, newsstand had a bunch of different things that you couldn't do with any other app. And then over time, Apple, as it deprecated the newsstand, it put most of those changes uh, were available to all developers in some fashion. But the um, uh, app icon, uh, I think actually, I think changing screen captures without putting out a new release was one of those. So you could update the screen captures for a periodical with a new issue in the iTunes store and other app developers had to put out at least a micro release. And this, I think, will allow um, periodicals, if they want to have a new like little icon front cover We'll be able to do it as well as, you know, just, I don't know, other changes, maybe special icons for different holidays, for games, or I don't know what. But um, yeah, seems like a little bit of an oddball thing, but I, I don't know. It's like it, I know developers love being able to have uh, more flexibility, so that's good. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think users will have too much to complain about with that, except for if it's like an app they have on their home screen and they look and all of a sudden something just looks like, oh, that's – something slightly askew than it was, you know, two hours ago. Well, um, don't you worry about that. That's the thing I was thinking. It's <laughs> like, you'd be like, I love this icon so much. Like, remember when Instagram changed and people uh, released yeah. hacks on how to get your old Instagram icon back on right. your, which was probably too much work, but <laughs> you could do it. Um, Verizon apparently did not allow iCloud linked devices to do Wi-Fi calling until this release or whatever that reason was. And, um, that's something I uh, spend most of my time on Wi-Fi, and uh, especially in a home network where I've got a home office. So I've got Wi-Fi calling across all my devices on the AT&T network. So I know Verizon customers, uh, it being one of the two biggest carriers in the country, have kind of wanted to be able to call from more devices. And hey, now you can. So there you go. Yay. Yay. Um, Apple file system. Now, this is a big change. It's why, uh, folks, if you're wondering why it takes so long to install the 10.3 update, it's because the entire file system is being restructured behind the scenes during the update. Yeah. So people, before you update, if you haven't updated to 10.3 yet, please do a backup of your phone just because this is a, I know we recommend that every time, but like it's particularly important this time because of this new uh, Apple file system because it's changing so much on the back end. And Oscar Raimundo has a story up, uh, which I will add a link to, that ha- explains how to do a, step, a step-by-step thing to do um, a backup uh, in case you have not had to do one for a while. I just had to do this thing for my wife where um, she had cracked her phone and it just this whole ordeal. It took almost a day of her time to get her phone replaced because Oof. of the backup and restore process. Is you know If you back up to iTunes, if you're syncing through iPhoto or Photos um, – it's just it took hours to get the backup done with me helping. So she's got probably a good Mac expert. I'd like to think I've learned something. 
<clears throat> at least learn from other you know users their problems. Um, so we spent almost two hours getting the backup. Then she had to go to the store. Then she had to wait an hour. Then they gave her a new phone instead of uh, fixing the screen because it couldn't be fixed, it turns out. Then they restore. So I don't know how... Uh, how that experience is for other people, but it's very frustrating. So if you have to make a good backup, um, we had both an iCloud backup and then switched and made an iTunes backup. So if one had failed, we had a second uh, uh, backup position that would have been slightly worse. Uh, but yeah, the Apple filing system, I mean, it's its basically modernizing how uh, this kind of architecture that we never see unless you're super technical of how files get stored and managed. And it'll come to macOS at some point as well, but it's going to en- enable... Um, it's Apple wants a unified file system across all of its platforms, and it enables a lot of modern things, including massive, massive storage volumes and, and so forth. So I think uh, I'm not sure if we wrote a story detailing it at some point, but um, it's kind of it's just it's like an inevitable part of the future. Is every number of years, and usually it's many years, Apple has to revise its system to kind of take advantage of. Um, both new capabilities that can be done in a filing file system to track files and index and um, make them available in different ways, but also just storage capacity. Um, you start to get into zettabyte size uh, storage, that kind of thing. I know I need trillions or, or quadrillions of bytes stored. Oh, yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> it's a modern thing. Uh, Find My AirPods feature it was announced before is now in iOS 10.3, so you can use that in uh, our Suzy Oaks. Uh, wrote a story about uh, – oh, no, I'm sorry. I Actually, I wrote a story. This was updated, excuse me, about uh, using Find My Mac and Find My um, iPhone, and those services are now updated. So we have an updated version of that story uh, online that will help walk you through um, walk you through that process. But now you can actually find uh, – they have to be within some range. But if you uh, drop your, your AirPod, you'll be able to ping it and um, sort of see where it's at, which is good. Yeah, that's awesome. Good. Um, there are some additions to uh, – I've never been able to get the Siri payment thing to work. You're supposed to be able to say um, Ahoy Telephone. I don't want to say the actual name. You know, send uh, – I, I could actually send a bunch of money to myself uh, this way by a podcast. Um, you know, say Ahoy Telephone, uh, send, you know, $5 to Leah, and it's supposed to go, oh, yeah, you know, what do you want to use? Or via via cash or via Square or cash or whatever. And it's supposed to sort it out. And if you all have accounts, it'll do it, and it'll prompt you to set up an account. And um, I didn't have great luck with it when I tried it uh, after it was introduced, and I haven't had a need to do it since, but they're improving on that. Um, podcast widget, I do not use or recommend Apple's podcast app. It's kind of um, basic and um, uh, funky, and so I'd suggest looking at uh, – I just did a roundup of um, Overcast, Castro, and um, – a uh, third one that I'm blanking on. Today's the day that I forget the names of everything, right? <laughs> is, uh, it is, oh, what is it called? Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast. Sorry, that's the the one people also like. But um, So take a look because uh, those three all have uh, new versions between uh, either middle of last year or the last few weeks. And uh, they're quite good. Uh, make you happier, I think, than podcasts. But if you are an iOS podcast app user using Apple's podcast app, there is now a control center screen so you can swipe and uh, show a podcast information. So a lot of people have apparently, um, you know, always, I, I, I do that through uh, um, Castro uh, offers some new notification features that let you do some things through notifications um, or I swap into, into uh, Castro, but this is a specialized podcast control center screen. It should be good. Um, Oh, and Leah, the fa- last thing was, this is kind of a, a hack situation. Uh, there was a, a pop-up hack that uh, malicious parties would use in 
iOS. Now, I hadn't I'd heard of this. I did. They, have you ever had this happen to you, where your screen is taken over by um, pop-ups you can't dismiss in mobile Safari? Yeah, I have. I was using. Um, I was looking at like a cooking website. And I was in my kitchen and like on my phone and following this recipe. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it was taken over by this pop-up. And it took me a while to like be able to get away from it and close out Safari. And I had to restart my phone. And it was it was bizarre. I'd never seen that before. I was like, I know this happens on Android phones, but I have not had this problem. So it's evil, evil stuff. And they try yeah, to that thing so and show a message like, call this number because your phone is infected. Your porn has been found on your phone and it's illegal. Call this number and we will pay us a ransom and, or, you know, or uh, your phone has viruses, call Apple support. Um, I just wrote a story for you yesterday about all the fake Apple support phone calls I was getting oh, yeah. inbound. Uh, so, that, you know, it, it's a sign of uh, progress when um, Apple users are getting uh, bombarded with that kind of fake fraud situation i I, think. I guess so <laughs> we've arrived uh but the safari bug uh that was oh it was something i can't remember the the detail is at a, a blog post at lookout.com i'll post a link to it um there's some fair detail about how malicious parties figured out how to do this but it allowed them to essentially prevent you from dismissing pop-ups um they would be persistent and continue to spawn and the reason you saw it on that cooking site is um, a lot of networks do self-serve advertising uh, or advertising networks. They do kind of on-demand uh, real-time placement. So there are major brands you know, like a Visa or a you know, Cadillac or something who do direct placement or Macy's, whoever. Uh, and then there are these services where any advertiser can come along. You can almost you know, upload your own stuff. Maybe somebody vets it. Maybe it's scanned for malware. Um, but that's been the real problem is that those ads can have embedded uh, – sort of malware or malicious JavaScript, which is not prevented from loading, even though it should be. And um, then you get that kind of problem. So Apple has apparently fixed that. Uh, there's a related problem in Mac OS that requires a similar kind of fix that Jason Snell wrote about for us in uh, November, where his sister uh, got attacked by one of the, I mean, not attacked, I'm sorry. She went to some site and it, it basically made Safari unusable. And he was able to, uh, remotely connect through um, some remote screen sharing tool and finally figure out he could reset her cache, uh, uh, I think, or launch Safari with the option key down. There's some sequence he did that's very similar. On um, In iOS, you have to go to uh, settings and reset Safari uh, typically to get this to stop. And now you don't have to do that on, uh, on iOS. But you may still wind up with this situation uh, in macOS because we don't see any news that Apple has improved this. Um, Sometimes when I'm researching security stories, I go to skeevy sites and they launch an enormous number of pop-up windows that fill my screen. And uh, when you try to dismiss them, they pop up additional uh, dialogues. And so by the time you click something, you literally are not humanly fast enough to close something else. So um, uh, even in Safari, that will happen to you. Yay. Well, hopefully if there's a fix out for iOS, hopefully there's one in the works um, for macOS as well. Yeah, but I feel we'll like see. pop-up windows used to be able to block those, and I feel like I get pop-up windows all over the place yeah. now, and it feels like that shouldn't happen, so I feel like there's more work to be done there. Yeah, or these developers are just getting smarter with how they push these pop-ups through. So It's a, it's a constant, it's a constant <laughs> race there. Um, yeah. And uh, on the Mac OS side, so that's I think those are all the big features. Anything else in uh, 10.3? I think those no, are all the big, I think that was stuff. I think that was it. It was a lot of it was many small things that are you know are seemingly small to users, but they make a big difference kind of on the back end of how iOS um, runs. Yeah, I think anything that kind of removes um, 
it smooths friction. And like I said, the Apple file system is a big change, but no mm-hmm. one's going to notice it. But it will see it, – it could be more efficient. It could have some other benefits. But all, all it is right now is it's going to take a lot longer to do the update for you. And, yeah. then, and then it'll be done. I don't know. I did mine – I updated my phone yesterday and my watch, and neither of them seemed that much slower. I wasn't Maybe paying took, attention. I just I yeah. did it, and then I was like, okay, it's done because I was doing other stuff. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like it took an hour. Right. It wasn't um, like painfully slow all day without my phone or anything like that. So I don't know. I guess your mileage will vary. The, but. the, the thing I don't like is I updated uh, Mac OS to 10.12.4. Yes, dot four. And uh, I did it at the end of the day. I left my machine to do it and it rebooted. And then I'm trying to connect from uh, – I've got a home office in a different part of the house. I'm like, oh, I'll connect from my laptop to uh, make sure it completed and I can't connect to the machine. It's running. I know it's there. I can even mount the file servers. So I walk over to that machine and turn it on, turn the screens on. And it said, and it gave you one of those screens that said, Hey, your update's almost complete. Click here. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Why are you doing this wow. to me? It was one of the things almost like you'd done a full system update. And um, for most people, it's not a big deal. And I think it's maybe partly to make people feel, make sure they know the update happened, but it was right. weird. Yeah, that is a little weird. Not everybody's accessing their machines remotely, I realize. I'm, I'm unique. Um, so in part of that Mac OS update, the only big one, there were some there were bug fixes and little bits and pieces. Oh, and there were, there were tons of security updates besides that Safari thing. I mean, I was uh, tr- I try to read through the security update list, and good mm-hmm. gravy, there's so many things. And I, I've got a column, uh, it's in your hands at the moment, which is the, like, hey, hey once again, Mac users – there is malware out there. We've just been very lucky. Like you look at the security updates and you see here are a hundred things that could allow arbitrary code execution. So if it gets on your machine, it's going to run, you know, someone, you, someone, you go to a website and a maliciously crafted image could allow arbitrary code execution on your Mac via Safari. That's how malware gets distributed. So it's not like there aren't vectors. It's just, no one has managed to exploit them before they're, uh, before they're closed or they haven't been as readily exploitable as something on another platform. So um, you want some good reading, read the security updates, and you'll see all the terrifying things wow. that have been, been fixed. Uh, yeah. But Mac OS, so the only real uh, uh, big change is uh, Night Shift, which has already been available in iOS. Now it's mm-hmm. on Mac OS. And um, those of us who have been running Flux, F.Lux for a while, um, my wife can't stand it on my machine. I've shown her and she's like, how can you even look at that like yellow screen at night? I'm, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some people just turns turns folks off. I find like at the at the end of the day, the, even if I'm not sure that the uh, – I wrote a story uh, some months ago about whether the blue light thing is actually um, – has been proven. And there's a lot of different opinion about whether what you can do with a computer monitor to remove blue light is effective enough or – if that's even the right trigger, that if it's a different kind of trigger. So there's a, there's not a consensus about it, but I do notice that I like a gentler light. But yeah, by the I may I should probably adjust my F dot luck settings because um by the end of the night, if I don't go to bed enough, maybe that's actually a good sign. It's like go to bed. Your screen is unreadable because it's right. so warm. It just keeps getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. It's like, okay, take well, the hint. You know, we're easing you <laughs> easing you off of the machine now. So if I can't read the screen, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> uh, so folks who wanted that built into Mac OS, uh, have that if you want more control, because the uh night shift only works well, A, it only works with machines made from about mid to twenty twelve or late twenty twelve. There's a bunch of models that came out that year or later, plus the 2013 Mac Pro and all of the 12-inch MacBooks which started appearing in 2015. Uh, so you need a newer machine. Uh, Flux works, my recollection is, works with a lot of older machines. It's also available on a bunch of platforms. 
and it just has a lot more settings. So if you don't like the night shift settings, but you actually like the idea of it, get Flux, which is free, and it's a really neat uh, piece of software. I was glad folks developed that. Mm-hmm. There's our OS roundup. A uh, few other things. Oh, so I've, I've never encountered this problem because I think I'm not as peripatetic or something. Is um, There's always been this issue since iTunes allowed renting movies and other stuff that you couldn't if you rented and i've never leah i don't remember all the details too it was like if you rented on your apple tv you couldn't transfer and continue watching on a mac or something there was like i know there were limitations i never hit them this drove some people nuts because they would start in one place and want to go to another um, but itunes 12.6 came out a few days ago and then all these uh t- tvos and ios updates Ostensibly, you can now rent anywhere and then watch anywhere, right? That's the change. Yes, yeah, which is which is huge. I've never actually rented anything from iTunes. I normally just buy things, or you know, I'll stream or something else. But um, this kind of centralizing everything and letting you seamlessly like pick off, pick up where you left off on another device—that's huge. It's uh, it's a nice thing that you think they would have done a long time ago. I yeah, kinda, sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder about the plumbing. Sometimes I think it's like a rat's nest inside of Apple's back end because they're always like, could you just do this thing? Like, why can't I merge two different uh, Apple IDs and have all the same purchases on right. both of them? Like, nope, can't do that. I'm like, but why? I can, I mean, I know how to do it. I'm a programmer. I can do it on my own system. So I assume what you've got in the back end is really ugly. Anyway, I'm glad they fixed it. Um, if you, and this is my consumer tip as usual. If you're renting movies, I've found if you rent from YouTube, you almost always pay, uh, either pay less or you get a longer rental period. So, um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, as a parent, my kids are old hey, enough too. now; they go to bed at a reasonable hour. Still, they're not up that late. And uh, my wife and I used to have the like we have little children; we're never going to finish a movie in one night, and they always give you twenty four hour rentals. So YouTube is often a forty eight hour rental, or and or it's like a two ninety nine rental instead of three ninety nine. But because of the Apple cut, you have to go to YouTube dot com on a desktop computer rent the movie there, but then you can go to the YouTube app in iOS or an Apple TV and then go to your purchases and just start playing it and start the rental period. So that's oh, consumer sneaky. tip. Yeah, yep. that's a really good tip. It's good because I've had to do that a few times where it's like over two nights I can watch something. <laughs> I'm too old. I can't stay up that late anymore. Um, and then uh, let's see. I think we're going to finish up with, um, with uh, one last story, which is the uh, the iCloud uh, hack. Um, I know we've reported on it. Uh, Lucian from IDG News Service and um, and I think we've run some stuff at MacWorld as well. Um, there is this story that's come out. I'm putting it at the end of the story or end of the show because uh, it's a little confusing. Is um, this group that claims to have obtained somewhere between what they're saying is like 200 million and 750 million credentials for um, Apple? iCloud.com system. They call themselves the Turkish crime family. I feel very bad for Turkey. I'm sure these people have nothing to do with Turkey. They may not even be criminals. They sound sort of hapless. Uh, But they claim that they uh, breached and obtained all these credentials. And then they've presented to some groups, like I think ZDNet uh, worked with them to, uh, they gave them some credentials to test and ZDNet was able to uh, verify that the email addresses were accurate, but they didn't test the password because that would be illegal. So, but they contacted some of the folks involved in the people they're able to reach confirm that the passwords were theirs. However, uh, there have been a number of major password breaches in the last few years at places like LinkedIn and um, Ashley Madison, for that matter, and many people reuse their credentials across sites. So the strong suspicion from people in the know, uh, including folks uh, like uh, uh, the fellow who runs um, 
Have You Been Pwned, which is a great site, Troy, oh, yeah. Troy Hunt. <laughs> uh, and I recommend actually go to haveibeenpwned.com. Um, after, I can't remember the, uh, so I'm like, what is the domain? Because it's a cute domain, right? It's uh, it's haveibeenpwned.com, run by this great security expert who's uh, based in Australia. You can register there. And then when there are password dumps, he will notify you and tell you your email address was found in this password dump. And um, it's great. I get these way too regularly. It's freaky. Ooh, so he doesn't have your password. Um, but so he so the, the general suspicion is that they uh, tested, uh, they, they went through and they called all the other cracks that have happened and where passwords were cracked. They went through and um, tested a bunch of them against iCloud accounts. And some people never change their passwords. The accounts may even be abandoned iCloud accounts. Someone set them up and never went back to it. Uh, and so they have things that look legitimate, but Apple says there's no fire there. There's no smoke even. And um, they're monitoring for any kind of mass attack. Um, the threat was that the Turkish crime family, no connection with Turkey, um, would uh, mass delete accounts on April 7th. So uh, I guess mark your calendars. It's not going to happen. It's uh, I'll, 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 I will argue that it's very unlikely that uh, – Anything about this is true. Um, Susie wrote a column uh, about uh, setting up two-factor authentication. iCloud made it much easier a couple of years ago to do a really nice kind of two-factor. Um, okay, so Leah, pop quiz, not pop quiz, but I put you on the spot. Have you set up two-factor? Yes, guess? I have. Yay! Yeah. Um, I wasn't going to shame you, but I was going to I was going to cajole you. How about that? No, it's it's <laughs> it's it's this remind this like this scandal has been it's a good reminder uh for those of you who haven't done it yet um to get that set up and really any other app or service that uses two-factor um you should consider setting it up you know wherever you can (laughs) in as many places as you can it's better these days too i think apple's old system was really funky and confusing and the new one i think is much easier and i it was it's hard for people to convert from one to the other and I've, i've heard people have a lot of confusion i wrote a story in fact some months ago about how to turn off two-step verification which was the old right. system because i one, yeah oh sorry. that's the one that involves like the recovery key and that kind yes. of freaked people out in case they lost this piece of paper with their key on it and this is this new two-factor authentication is it's much easier and you have a recovery position as apple will mm-hmm. help you recover if in the event that you lose your factors um you still have an opportunity to convince them that you are a legitimate person and present them with ID and so forth, and they can unlock your account, which is cool. Um, yeah, I had a friend who uh, – the reason I wrote that column is – or actually a couple people. I think Kirk McElhern had this problem as well, a frequent Macworld writer and columnist. Uh, it Two-step verification is controlled at the appleid.apple.com site. So you go there and you turn it off, and then you're like, well, where do I turn it on? It says two-step. You turn it back on. You're like, that's not what I wanted to do. Uh, <laughs> Two-factor two is all controlled either through iOS uh, or through macOS from the, I, the iCloud uh, uh, location, the security part of uh, iCloud preference pane. And that was confusing for folks. So uh, so if you're still using two-step, it's not that it's bad, but the two-factor is just um, – it's just so nice. It's like I'll log in somewhere new and then it's like, boom, hey, someone's logging into your account from somewhere near Seattle. Mm-hmm. Do you want to allow that? I'm like, yep, it's me. That's cool. Thank you. It reminds me it's working. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But yeah, Dropbox, Google – uh, Instagram, I think, just added it. Was yep. it Instagram? Facebook? Instagram, it was last week, I believe. Yeah, I saw, I saw a story. Yeah, so, and Twitter, I mean, all the major social network sites that are going to be vectors for you to be hacked by. Um, and then there's also, um, I was just had a security column out reminding people to check the linked apps to their various accounts because um, a Twitter, a third-party Twitter app got, a uh, Twitter counter got hacked and it started, and 
uh, if you've given a third-party Twitter app, um, same thing's true for Facebook and others, permission to post on your behalf, uh, which sometimes you do without realizing you don't think about it. It's like, it says, hey, uh, you know, give me permission, and then I will post a tweet based on how many followers you have or whatever. Uh, if you've done that once and you've never revoked it, if that app gets hacked, then that app can post from your Twitter account for as you without cracking your Twitter account or having other access. So Yikes. Uh, yeah, so two-factor and review your connected apps on all things that connect apps. Um, so, yeah, and then that last thing I mentioned earlier is uh, the story I wrote for you uh, that uh, I think uh, companies are leveraging the fear people have that iCloud was hacked by calling up and saying, hey, this is Apple support, and there's been an iCloud security issue. Press 1 for a service representative or call this number. You know, we're Apple. And I, you know, checked in with Apple and didn't, you know, didn't get an on-the-record comment, but they said, hey, you know, uh, take a look. We, we don't call people, basically, is what their fact says. Apple.com says we don't make unsolicited calls. So if you get a call from Apple and you did not initiate it to Apple for tech support or another issue, that call is not legitimate. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell everyone in the street. I can't believe you got called six times in one day. Six times. That's um, that's insanity. Is that they, they were torturing <laughs> us? Keep ringing me like, oh. And the funny part is, um, I mentioned in the article the number they used, the faked caller ID, because caller ID is very easy to fake. It's mm-hmm. there's not a verified system. Is some poor schmo in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? It's oh. his number. I mean, I looked it up out of curiosity, and he's certainly not running this attack. I got a call once. From someone saying, you left a message on my machine saying you were the IRS and I owed money. And I said, I did not. They said, they left your number. And I said, okay, wow. let me tell you how the scam works. They don't ex- they expect to get you live and they leave you a scary message. They don't expect people uh, – they leave a number to seem more legitimate. And he, that took me a while to convince the guy I was not some fraudster. But I'm like, I you know, I got nothing to do with this. You can look me up online. I'm a real person. And I'm yeah. thinking the poor guy who uh, whose caller or ID was used, um, he's probably getting a lot of angry calls from people. If you hit that caller ID redial button. Um, oh, that poor guy. Yeah. And, the, you know, all the poor people that are have gotten these calls and think something's wrong and then they're calling him. There's just all the, a lot of confusion on, on, either, on either side. It's scummy. I mean, this thing is, it's like, uh, I feel like there's like that um, water runs downhill thing is uh, scams flow to the lowest state of energy. And so they will use the least amount of energy necessary to like scam the most people. And all you can do is try to make it harder. It's like increase that energy uh, required to put people out of business. And um, caller ID is a big problem because it's not verified. But also uh, just people are so um, scared right now about computer security. It's very easy to Mm -hmm. get a pop-up menu like, having your safari taken over or getting a phone call. Hey, you got to press one or your machines all are full of viruses and uh, they'll be destroyed. I'll oh, we'll finish on that note. Um, Leah, I think we're, we finished the news for the week. Yeah. Um, lots of news, lots of small news, but you know, lots of, lots of little things here and there. It's, but I think uh, we got it all. It's all. Yeah. There'll be more coming. It never stops. Um, yeah. And thank you for joining me this week. Great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, and uh, this has been episode 552 of the Macworld Podcast for March 29th, 2017. You can find us at macworld.com, where you can find Leah, uh, Susie, uh, Caitlin, Oscar, Roman, and uh, a host of freelancers as well, uh, writing about all these things all the time. Uh, You can reach us, podcast at macworld.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash macworld, where you can comment on articles and uh, and, – Kibitz, and we're also on Twitter, of course, at Macworld. Uh, I'm at Glenn F, G-L-E-N-N-F on Twitter, and Susie is at S-F-S-O-O-Z like Zed, if you want to to uh, chat there. Um, Leah, are you a Twitter user? I see you occasionally. I'm 
you know, I dabble. I'm we not I'm you. not super active, but you can <laughs> you can reach me at Leah Yamshon, L E A H Y A M S H O N. Pretty easy. <laughs> okay. I hate to out people because some people lurk on Twitter. They read Twitter. They don't write Twitter. Yes. I'm a Twitter them. lurker. That's exactly lurker. what it is. That's and excellent. I will respond when people tweet at me, but I don't, you know, I'm not super active otherwise. That's good. I get some great stories. People uh, have tr- Mac users and iOS users. They'll say like, I found this weird thing. Do you know what's going on? I'm like, no, that's, that's terrible for you and great for me. What's going on? <laughs> uh, that's how we roll here. Uh, but folks, thanks for listening for another week. And we will be back again in uh, one week's time. <laughs>